Today's reading of the Holy Gospel according to the witness of St. John, the 14th chapter, beginning at verse 15. This is Jesus speaking to us through his word. If you love me, you will keep my commandments. And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate to be with you forever. This is the Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, because it neither sees him nor knows him. You know him... Because he abides with you and he will be in you. I will not leave you orphaned. I am coming to you. In a little while the world will no longer see me, but you will see me. Because I live, you also will live. On that day you will know that I am in my Father, and you in me, and I in you. They who have my commandments and keep them are those who love me. And those who love me will be loved by my Father. And I will love them and reveal myself to them. This is the gospel of our Lord. Amen. This is the second meditation in a series of sermons I'm preaching this month. We began last week with God's passion. Next week we're going to talk about God's promise. For those of you who weren't in worship last weekend... Uh, That sermon is available on our website as an audio file. I encourage you, members and visitors alike, to go and listen to it at your convenience. Today's message builds on what we learned from God's Word last weekend. And as we reflected last Sunday on God's passion, we know that God's passion is expressed in God's perfect, long-suffering love. We use that word passion, and it means passionate love, but it also means suffering, and in Jesus Uh, We see the passion of God, the love of God, and the suffering that God was willing to endure for sinners like you and me. And that love has a very special name. It's not the kind of love that we have when we say we love the isotopes baseball team, we love green chili, we love summer, we love winter. God's love is agape love, a perfect love, a self-sacrificing love, an unconditional love. Today, we focus on God's presence. And as we meditate on the presence of the Lord, we really need to remember that there are two perspectives when it comes to God being present among us. First of all, there's um, our experience of the presence of God. We can't speak of the presence of the Lord without speaking of how we know it, how we feel it how we become aware of it. And then secondarily, there is the assurance that the Lord is with us. God's covenant that he will be among us. God's word that he will not abandon us. And we're going to meditate on both of those perspectives when it comes to the one reality of God's choosing to be present among his people. And we're going to start with our experience. If we speak of experiencing God's presence, it means, doesn't it? That somehow, in some manner, in in one way or another, we have felt or we have come to realize, become aware of, the reality of God, which is not just conceptual, not just an idea, not just a proposition, but that we have experienced the presence of the Lord personally, authentically, even intimately. Uh, This is what we would call uh, something that we know experientially. 
Some people have experienced the presence of the Lord right here in this sanctuary, and this should not surprise us. Jesus promised, where two or more gather in my name, that's where I'll be, that's where I'll show up, that's where I will make myself known. So it should not surprise any of us that many people have come to the senior pastor after worship saying, today I experience the presence of the Lord like never before. Others become aware of the presence of God as they come forward to receive the supper of the Lord Jesus. This should not surprise us either. And I have noted that many people experience the presence of Christ in a powerful way who have been prodigal sons and daughters, who have excluded themselves, excommunicated themselves for years, if not decades, and by the power of the Holy Spirit, I believe, they find themselves here in worship. They see the sign, Faith Lutheran. Maybe they went here years ago in the 70s or 80s, and they're back. Maybe they're first-time visitors who just felt compelled to be here. People have told me, when I heard the words that all are welcome at the table of the Lord, for all have sinned, and that this meal is for sinners, one and all, and you're welcome here, people have told me after worship, I experience the presence of the Lord. This is not surprising, for Jesus says, this is my body given for you. This is my blood shed for you. Others experience the presence of the Lord far away from the sanctuary, this house of worship. They've told me about their experience of God's presence in times of sickness, affliction, injury, danger, adversity. More than a few people have said, Pastor, you know, I was going in for that major surgery. I knew I might not come out of it, but I sensed the presence of God there in the pre-op like never before. Some have said everything I knew and trusted and counted on came crashing down around me. And you would think that I would have just crumbled, but even then I was not afraid because I sensed the presence of the Lord upholding me. Maybe some of you have experienced God's magnificent presence in the beauty, the sublime wonder of creation. We even sing about it. When through the woods and forest glades I wander and hear the birds sing sweetly in the trees, when I look down from lofty mountain grandeur and see the brook and feel the gentle breeze, then sings my soul, my Savior God, to thee, how great thou art, how great thou art. Experientially, it is a good, powerful, life-changing thing when we sense the Lord's presence. It confirms our faith. It can soothe our trembling hearts. It can comfort us in times of uncertainty. But there is a danger. Hear this. Know this. There is a danger, a spiritual danger, in thinking, let alone believing, that our Lord God, mighty in power, sovereign King of Kings, is present only when we feel it. Let me say that again. There is a spiritual danger in assuming that the Lord is present only when we feel it. Because in addition to what I've heard through the years as your pastor, I've also had people telling me I stopped going to worship because I didn't feel the presence of the Lord the way I did when I first came to faith or when I was a youth. I didn't feel the Lord's presence when I came forward to receive Holy Communion. And so I stopped. 
Pastor, I was so alone when I was dealing with all that pain and sadness in my life, and I prayed to God, just let me know that you're near, just give me a sign, let me feel your presence, and I prayed that earnestly, and I didn't feel anything at all. And while some people have felt like Carl Gustav Boberg, that Swede who wrote How Great Thou Art in 1885, others, and I'm one of them, have felt terrified and alone when they were on the mountaintop, not looking down from its grandeur with birds sweet, sweetly singing, but on the mountaintop in the midst of a violent storm with the ground rumbling and lightning bouncing all around, or in an avalanche. You feel pretty small and vulnerable when that happens. sure don't feel like singing. So hear this and remember this. God is present when we feel His loving presence, and that is a blessing. But our God is just as real and present, especially when we do not feel that He is among us. This is God's assurance. This is God's covenant. And it's why Jesus is so critical to our faith and why, why Jesus makes all the difference. Think on Jesus with me this morning. He did not feel God's presence on the cross. Suffering can do this. Death too. And if we're speaking experientially, it even happened to the Savior. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And Jesus wasn't pretending when he cried out just to get our attention or be dramatic. He felt forsaken. What does that mean? Deserted. If you're deserted, everyone's left you. What does it mean to be forsaken, to feel abandoned? You're all alone. That's what Jesus felt. And it was our sin that made him feel that way. Because sin always separates from God. And Jesus felt that separation like no one else because he was carrying your sins and mine and the sins of the world on his shoulders on that cross. He felt completely abandoned. Father, where are you? And so he cried out in anguish that was real, just as real as his blood and his sweat and his tears. But isn't this a great mystery? It is at the very same cross where Jesus cries out in forsakenness that we see the presence and the love and the mercy of God most clearly. For Jesus is the Son, fully one with the Father. And it is God in the flesh who took on our suffering and our forsakenness. For He is Emmanuel, God with us. Theologically, we call this a paradox. To the world, it just seems to be some silly contradiction. But it is truth. To the world, it seems impossible that Jesus could be fully human and fully divine at the same time. But that is the mystery and the truth of the Word made flesh. It is exactly who Jesus is. The eternal Word of God standing above history, beyond history, who there was there in Genesis when God spoke His Word and called creation into being out of chaos. That same word above history, that entered history as a real man, Jesus, who lived and died a real death. So when we ponder God's presence, when we wonder if the Lord loves us that much, if God is truly Emmanuel, we do well to remember the Apostle Paul, who had many things, for which he could boast. He could have boasted about his unique, singular conversion experience 
and how God used him and only him for that high-profile ministry of establishing congregations. He could have boasted about the number of churches that he planted. He could have bragged about all the people that looked to him and were trained by him, Timothy, Silas, Lydia. But instead, he chose to boast in the cross because he knew that work of Jesus was far greater than anything he could accomplish. Galatians 6, verse 14. May I never boast of anything save the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ. It is, brothers and sisters, the Jesus who felt forsaken and abandoned, who tells us that even though he has ascended to the right hand of the Father, the living God is still with us because the Holy Spirit has been given to us. This advocate, this paraclete, this helper, this spirit of truth, this spirit of the living God. God the Father is with us, Christ the Son is with us, the Holy Spirit is among us, and that is not just a feeling. It's a promise from the Lord himself. If you doubt this, think of Luke 24. It's the section of scripture by which our band Emmaus gets its name. It is the first day of resurrection, Easter Sunday. Jesus is risen from the tomb. The sun's about to go down. Two disciples are walking on a road to a village called Emmaus. Do you know the rest of the story? Jesus appears and starts walking with them. Now let's be clear what the scripture tells us. These two, one of them's named Cleopas, don't recognize Jesus. They don't know he's present. And they think he's like some yeehaw. The only person in all Jerusalem who hasn't heard what happened when Jesus was nailed to the cross. I mean, they're incredulous. Who are you? You've been living under a rock? And it's when they reach their destination and they invite Jesus inside in the breaking of bread. That sounds like something else we do, doesn't it? That their eyes are opened and they see that it's Jesus. He was present when they didn't feel it and they didn't know it. Allow me to speak experientially just for a moment. Not as senior pastor, Reverend Dr. Wilder. Just let me talk to you as Bruce. A while back, when I was so sick, and my legs were twisted, and they were swollen, and I couldn't walk, I was probably the most afraid I've ever been in my life. And there were moments when I was depressed, and one of my doctors said, well, that's not surprising because the pain causes sleep deprivation that causes psychosis that makes you depressed. Of course you're depressed. Now, I can tell you, with gratitude that I felt the Lord's presence many times through that ordeal. One night, um, I don't want to freak you out, but I saw three angels come through the ceiling of my home. Now, I know that flat roofs leak a lot here in the land of enchantment, but I had three angels, not water drops, coming through the ceiling, and they hovered above me, and they made music like I'd never heard before. That was a really great experience. But I also had moments when I felt so alone and so abandoned and I thought I was going to die because I was getting worse, not better, and the pain was off the chart. It was excruciating. And I had moments when I didn't feel the presence of God comforting me. I felt like I was in a dark valley of the shadow of death 
But even there, I claimed the promise. I didn't feel God's presence, but I claimed it. I guess it's because I've studied Martin Luther, and that's what he did in the loneliness of his cell, when all he was aware of was his own wretchedness and didn't sense the presence of God, let alone the grace of the Savior. And Luther would yell at the evil one, so I became very Lutheran. I told the devil, I hate you, you're a liar. You want me to believe that I'm alone? Well, take this devil. Nothing can separate me from the love of God in Christ Jesus, my Lord, even when I don't feel his presence. And by God's grace and your prayers, I got through that. Let me speak to communion. May this become a teachable moment. It's a wonderful thing when we sense in the mystery of the sacrament of the altar, the presence of Christ and the breaking of bread and the sharing of the cup. But Jesus is just as surely present in his holy meal when we don't feel it. Because you see, if Jesus is showing up, if his presence is dependent upon your emotions, that means, well, he's here for Sarah, but not there for Joe. And he might be there for Fred and certainly there for Sarah. No, our emotions are not what caused Jesus to show up sporadically. Our perceptions do not draw him near. He said, this is my body, this is my blood, given for you, broken for you. Eat, drink, for the forgiveness of sin. You see, it's Jesus, it's his word, it's the power of the Holy Spirit that makes communion a true communion. As we are in fellowship with the living Christ, even when we don't feel his presence, because he's the one who conquered the power of sin and death. This is why the Apostle Paul could say, not as a hunch, not as a hope, not as a dream, but as a promise. God is with us. Nothing in all creation, no height, no depth, no power, no principality, no sickness, nothing in all creation can separate us from the love of God. And that includes our feelings that fluctuate so often. In times like these, remember what Jesus said. You know, last words are lasting words. If you've ever been at the deathbed of a friend or loved one, you know how powerful it is to hear the last words they ever spoke. Those words are written on your heart. The last words of Jesus. I am with you. I am with you. You. I am with you always. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit.